<laughs> but um, hey, today we have a very special guest, potentially one of our most anticipated guests, because in my close circle, there's quite a few people that uh, share in the sacrament of the blessing of what is Rye. So, hey, Rye, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great, Colton and Dylan. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks it's a pleasure. on here. So, um, you know, Rye, how do you describe what you do? Yeah, great question. So, Right now, I'm going with microdosing guide. I am a board-certified health coach um, by training and the last decade of work, and I'm a um, a certified breathwork facilitator as well, so I carry a few titles, but all of those things have really wrapped themselves up to being a guide for people, being a few steps ahead of where um, most people are coming to me for support. There's no shortage of depression, anxiety, symptoms of PTSD, um, and people who are just looking to optimize. And so by guiding them through the microdosing process, I, I'm very specifically use psilocybin mushrooms, and I have a real affinity for that plant. Um, I've been able to build a really beautiful practice, uh, over 100 clients at this point, that are um, successfully microdosing with my guidance. That's uh, pretty impressive. It's really fun. I have to say, I mean, 10 years as a health coach, you know, there's like such incremental change that happens when somebody changes their food or starts drinking more water or starts exercising and not to poo-poo any of those things. Certainly taking care of our bodies is a huge part of our success as humans, but really, really unsatisfying in terms of someone being able to come back and say like, stuff is shifting. I, you know, I feel everything changing. My life suddenly has more meaning. And, and now being in microdosing and breath work, which I would put up there with psychedelics as like so groundbreakingly effective for shifting someone's state. Uh, it's just fun to go to work every day and to check in with people and to, you know, be, be part of their, their transformation. It hasn't been just your journey. You've been really affecting many other people's journeys and being a part of their journeys the whole way through that's pretty pretty wild it is and it's a big responsibility too dylan i mean you know there people become attached to Mm. me and to my guidance and it's really important for me to continue to let someone know that i am not their salvation right it's not me doing the work i might be guiding and i might be you know providing what is needed for them to have a successful microdosing experience but uh, they're doing the work. They're showing up every day, right? They're taking their microdose. They're doing their breath work. And it's it's not magic. I say it to people all the time. It's not like taking a Xanax or having a drink and your problems go away. It, it really isn't. Psychedelics reveal. They pull back the curtain. They give us, you know, a, a glimpse into something that our ego has been hiding from us. And so it's pretty brave work. And I try to let the, the client know over and over again, it's it's you doing this work. I'm just holding the mirror. Yeah, I mean, beautifully said, uh, especially when it comes to like, you know, I think about um, some of the people that I've introduced to psychedelics, and I've been fortunate to introduce a lot of people to psychedelics, you know, so um, it, it's funny that sometimes they put you in this position of like, putting you on a pedestal, like exalting you somehow, especially if it's a virgin experience where you have opened up their eyes to a world they had no idea was right next door the entire time. Yes. And yet you, you got to take your ego out of the equation because it feels really good when they're showering you with praise and you're like, Hey man, you know, you're the one that decided to pick up that mantle. You're the one that decided to do the work. And 
you know, it, it's just an interesting complex that can develop really quickly if uh, yeah. someone isn't humble. Well said, very well said. And, and to be perfectly honest, when I was, um, you know, in this work, I've gotten to meet a lot of guides and, and shamans specifically, and I will never call myself a shaman or, you know, put, put myself in that position. There's quite a lot of guru energy in the psychedelic world that I find gross, to be totally honest with you. And, and it's that, it's exactly what you were saying that, um, that the glorification of self, you know, and it's, it's, it can happen anywhere. It's not just psychedelics, right? It happens in churches, sure. with the leader mm-hmm. of the church, right? And we've got to be really careful about that. I, I am facilitating healing. I am not a healer, right? I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm a facilitator of it. So that's the distinction that I try to make with people. Yeah. And I mean, I think with what you advocate for and ultimately help facilitate, it, it has a lot of uh, undertones of healing, right? Like no one's really taking uh, or microdosing because they're like, man, I'm trying to get out of my mind, right? <laughs> um, yeah, right. It's, that's why I say it's brave work, right? It's, it's going to reveal a lot. And, and if you're taking it, if you're doing this work, if you're dabbling, you know, the difference between recreational use, and, which is awesome and I have no problem with and I have plenty of experience with and I think is fun sure. and, and intentional use or spiritual use really is that part where you set a very clear intention for yourself. It's the difference between, hey, let's just see what happens, right, at throwing it back and show me what it looks like too, or show me what it feels like too, or guide me to seeing more about this, that intention setting part, um, which has even gotten more popular using the, the compounds recreationally is, is the game changer is the differentiator, right? This plant has a consciousness, you know, some people hear me say that and they're like, Woo, right. But if you've watched fantastic fungi, right. And you know, like mushrooms yeah. have a consciousness, like, and, and we, we need to be in communication with the plant if we're using it therapeutically or spiritually 100% otherwise we're abusing the compound we're abusing the plant and that's when I hear people coming back to me and saying like I feel really angry it's not really working you know I'm trying to make it work and it's not working for me right there's this aggressive kind of relationship with the plant as opposed to taking a moment before you take your microdose taking a couple deep breaths connecting with the plant expressing some gratitude and then making your ask right show me what it looks like to blank show me what it feels like to blank show me what it what the experience of blank would be like for me and then that's when the magic begins so you have people really coming in sometimes that are they think it's like a xanax they'll just pop it and they're like oh all my problems are going away instead of really thinking about like this isn't that type of of medicine no way. Yeah. Yeah. 100. Some people do. And I think that's just cultural. I think that's our idea of a drug, whether it's pharmaceutical or natural, right? Okay. This drug is going to make me be different. It's going to take away the problem. And what it does is reveal. And yes, there's some nervous system calm that happens there. It's going to run along the serotonin pathways in the brain. So there's that beautiful lift that happens, that euphoria that happens even with a microdose. Um, But, you know, you have to be willing to see. So case in point example of a mom work with quite a bit of mothers. Motherhood is deeply stressful, even more so if all of your kids at home while you're trying to work during all this COVID stuff. So um, mom calls me, says this, this compound is like not for me, right? I'm, I'm almost hitting my kids, right? I'm so angry at them. There's all this rage coming up. And so I'm like, let's get on the phone. I said to her immediately, the first thing I say, not how much did you take? None of that. I said, what was your intention? 
what did you ask the plant for? Mm-hmm. And she said, I asked the plant to show me everything I've been hiding from myself. Right? Like, <laughs> whoa, homie. Like, the, like, we're like, you have three kids under the age of five, right? So, yes, you are rageful right now. So pulling way back, right? And this is primarily what I have to do with people is help them craft the intention because you, it can be too much. You can open too big of a door or a window, even with a microdose. Speak. So we pulled all the way back to show me what it looks like to to be in communion with this plant. Show me what it looks like to take a microdose. Like, let's just start there. Let's dip your toe in. And you were talking about, too, as well, it, it kind of culturally, that's kind of what people, a lot of your clients probably come into it. Have you noticed, um, and I don't know if you've dealt with people from different countries, uh, you know, with, with America so deep into the, the pharmaceutical market, we can advertise like other countries. Do you find that culturally as well when you deal with clients from around the world that others look at it differently than Americans do? Yeah, so really good question. Mostly worked with Canadians, so not terribly different from Americans, but much more open to uh, plant remedies. And I think there's much more access in Canada, too. People are far less afraid of seeking out these substances and talking about them than than here in the States. Um, But one gentleman from Colombia um, very, very open to the medicine, very into it. So yeah, good question. But I, I, I'll get back to you once I work with some people in Eastern Europe and Western Europe and maybe in Asia too, <laughs> give you some perspective. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed from traveling around the world, by the way, Dylan, you turn, your, uh, turn your mic input down a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, I noticed from, in different regions in the world where, I mean, so... Here, like, golden teachers are kind of like one of the golden standards for mushrooms, right? But in other regions of the world, I mean, you have totally just different psychedelics altogether. You know, take Haiti, for example. When I was there, I was trying my darnest to find some psychedelics. Just, I don't know, I just wanted to do them. But that wasn't a part of, you know, I I got introduced to, like, several groups that there was something to be found could be found on the island and that was not a thing they were like well we just that's not a thing here right so they didn't and even so, know what we were talking about they did but they're like there's such not a market there that it doesn't make sense for them to import it right wow. we're, we're really to, i guess to grow it or harvest it and you know anything can be found anywhere if you dig hard enough right but um I do think it's just interesting around the world how many different kinds of compounds. Like we go back to like the Greeks, right? And they're like the elders going up into the thermal baths to speak with the the gods and the spirits. Where it's like, ah, they're probably just lacing the thermal baths with something, right? Just <laughs> throw a little something in there and let's go give communion with the spirits. They're just drinking um, some fermented soma drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favorite yeah. the bush, the bush that goes on fire. And then they were able to see God, and of course Moses did. I think it was what it was, and it turns out that bush, yeah, that much. specific area, is filled with uh, psilocybin. And whenever you burn it, you turn like you will be going off into another direction. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I didn't know there were biblical references to psychedelics. I do know, I mean, cannabis and the Bible, like I do know that cannabis oh, was the, heavily represented in biblical times, but I didn't realize that about psychedelics. The Bible doesn't want you to, to know that. They, they want you to believe that God... It's not a direct reference. It, it's a leading theory about around the burning bush. First but, talked to humans through this bush, but then they investigated the bush in that area, that specific bush they talked about. Yeah, I think it's the acacia tree. Yeah, I would love for one awesome. of our listeners to, to fact check me on that. Uh, so, but you, you brought up a good point earlier, right? And I wanted to like, kind of like circle back on it when um, talking about the difference between like recreational use and therapeutic use, right? And so, in your mind, like, what what's the purpose behind either? And yeah. where's the line for someone maybe deciding not to do either? Yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good question. Right off the bat, my feeling is that recreational is done to take you out of yourself in a lot of ways, like take you away from your experience, and intentional use is taking you deeper into your experience. And that would be the, the biggest distinction there. And that, that goes for cannabis or psychedelics. Probably those are the only two, or, or, or hemp, the only two. And hemp doesn't have psychoactive, so I wouldn't put it in this category. But yeah, cannabis and, and psychedelics, mushrooms I can speak to the, the deepest. Um, yeah, coming, coming into your experience is, is part of the intentional use there. And then I'm a big fan of the microdose in, in, with both the psychedelic and the cannabis. You know, And, and I am someone that, that has taken some pretty big bong rips for the last... 25 years like i like to get stoned but um I <laughs> yeah girl so fun it's so fun say that again dylan what did uh, you say we have a, a button where it's like an applause button that's what i was saying look for that one <laughs> i got i got i got to go for it i got to go for it there it is <laughs> brilliant and when yeah, you, I, when you were talking about too about the you enjoy the microdosing to get deeper which is kind of what opposite of what most people think they think take more so i could go deeper but is that because when you go deeper, like you take more and go deeper, you kind of, you're able to lose your train of thought a lot easier mm-hmm. than you would be of like, hey, let's focus on this specific thing. And to do that in a creative way, microdosing is kind of the route to do that. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think you're touching on something important here. It's, you know, the the, the appeal of the microdose is that it is taken in real time in your real life. Right. So show me what it looks like to lead from love is what I'm working on right now. Like I can event with my family. I can eventually get to love, but I'm not starting with love. I'm starting with bossiness and starting with irritation. I'm starting with all sorts of stuff that, you know, my 13 year old is letting me know very clearly, like, yeah, that's not going to fly with me for the next however many years I live in this house. So I'm really working on, okay, show me what it looks like to lead from love. And I can take a macro dose. I can take a huge dose and go out in the backyard and go camping overnight and get away from everything to have some sort of experience where the plant, I can commune with the plant and get some information about leading from love, right? Usually the information is going to be, here's all the ways you're not leading from love. Here's all the things getting in the way of you not leading from love, at least right now, right? In the initial stages of this intention that I'm working through over time. With the microdose, though, it's like I take the microdose, I set my intention, and then I go about my day with my family. And it's unbelievable how I'm, I'm witnessing my own experience. So that same feeling as if you meditated for half an hour, right, or done some breath work where you can be the curious observer to your experience without being so deeply in your triggers and in your body that you're just 
in your chaos, right? And so I can then witness myself having these exchanges with my son. If there's a little bit of cannabis in there too, it's going to enhance the microdose, right? Cannabis enhances psychedelics reveal. So the combination of the two is really lovely um, in the right doses, right? Too much and you're just blown out, right? It might just be like, I can't, it's too much to, to observe. But with those microdoses, I can be in an exchange with him and literally just be going like, oh, look at what I'm doing. This is so interesting. And look at how he responds when I touch on leading with love and, and look at how his body language moves when I'm not leading from love. And so it's that real time thing for me with the microdose. It's happening as my life is happening. And there's so much value there. No, 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 no. So you're messing it up. You're supposed to be an unconscious human just running through the programs. Like right there, that, that was a beautiful moment. I just want to like honor that. It's like, that's when you're peeling back and you're realizing like how many unconscious behaviors we have as humans. Oh my gosh, right? yes, especially in parenting. I mean, with anything, but like with parenting, it's just this fucking regurgitation of what, how you were parented, even if you hated it, right? It just is a regurgitation yeah. of that. So yes, thank you for that recognition and this for anyone, parent or not. Yes, this is the bravery of the work. This is why it's so hard. This is why yeah. you have to be ready because you are sitting in your shit. You're sitting in your shit, but you get to examine it with a little more love and curiosity. When you are so triggered, when your nervous system is so activated, right? When you're just like, want to scream, like you're punished and I'm taking your video games away and like all the stuff that I want to do, the reactionary stuff in order to control him or get him to do what I want him to do. Um, yeah. I mean, they're like, you're right. That's the conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, I don't know. And it's so cool that when you can take a step back for me personally, when I've been in a great state and taken a hero's dose of whatever it might be, it's almost like it catapults you to another level of possibility and thinking when I'm in not so great state, like Dylan and I and a couple other buddies went to Tennessee and I had to hug the earth to make sure I didn't fall off. You know, the plant is sitting there and it's like, it, it was showing me, it was giving me all the answers. I was just refusing to take them. And that's, sometimes that can be really tough medicine to swallow. You know, I was in a relationship I wanted out of, and it, and it's like literally you're sitting in communion with your conscience, and your conscience like, hey, dude, you'll be happy when you do the thing that we've talked about a million times. Yes. Yes. And that's a tough rip. I don't know. I don't know if there's something to be said for it being easier when you're microdosing because you can – take action on these thoughts. You can take a step back. And, it's happening uh, in bite sizes too. A macro dose is brilliant. I've had some beautiful spiritual experiences with, you know, four grams, five grams, but there's no words a lot of the time for that. It's just a lot of the sensations and, you know, experience of communing with the plant. And then the integration, you might be pointing to the need for deeper integration, Colton, because, you know, if the, if the plant is like saying something really loud, but you're kind of like, yeah, not ready or too much, there may need to be more time between doses or less of a dose to allow your body to assimilate. We love to talk about our psychedelic experiences and, a lot of times that's what these integration communities and therapists will offer. You know, let's talk about it. Let's analyze it. And my feeling is, and my experience has been, you got to get in your body to integrate. Like you getting on the ground and holding the earth, like that was you truly integrating on a cellular level. I tell people after a, after a trip, after a journey, go get a full body massage the next day. Like don't go talk about mm. it. Go like 
go work it through your tissues, let the medicine, you know, and, and take a little hit of cannabis before your massage, like reactivate the whole, all the psychedelic compounds that are still in your body the next day. And then let, let the, the healing, you know, energy move through you without having to analyze it, talk about it and figure it out. Right. That's what we're trying to get away from yeah. is just over identification with the mind. And, and I think some of these people in psychedelic circles can still stay in this heavily intellectualized place. And my feeling is breath work, body work, anything somatic, yoga, whatever you can do, hot Epsom salt baths, that is some integration therapy right there. How did you come to find yourself beginning this journey? At what point did it tip from, I just, I felt the thread there I want to pull on. And it's like, clearly there's a lot of baked in wisdom in what's coming out right now, right? These are a lot of thoughts that have been polished, whether through integration work or just in your own, in, in your own experience. And, at what point did you go, hey, um, maybe you don't call it a gift, but maybe you have enough experience and you're like, you know what, I want to do this in a more of a full-time capacity. Can you kind of bring us through the genesis of how that came to be? Yeah. So I, I, I've always loved drugs, um, but I had actually never used a psychedelic until I was 37 years old, five years ago. So I always thought, you know, I'm, I'd be the girl. I hear the stories, the horror stories, right? Oh, I'll be the girl that takes the LSD and think that there's bugs under my skin and, you know, jam pens in my eyeballs and all of that. So I just felt like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm safer over here with ecstasy and, you know, all these wonderful stimulants that just make me feel good. Um, okay, so real drugs. I was like, how can you love drugs? But no, 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 real drugs. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, the hard stuff. Yeah, and, that, you know, I, I was in college in the 90s. Like, ecstasy was practically like you know vitamin c in 1997 <laughs> through 1999 it was everywhere it was everywhere and so that that was always my preference for altering my state um alcohol alcohol never did much for me and in fact it became alcohol free four years ago and that was one of the best decisions i could have could have possibly made for my mental and physical health um and i've always loved cannabis you know long time love affair with cannabis since i first started at 14 so um psychedelics were presented to me as a mom with two kids and really in a dark place, like super dark place. I was a health coach. I meditated. I ate healthy. I exercised. I did everything right as far as my training was concerned. And I was really unhappy, really anxious, and really affected after the birth of my second son five years ago. And so a girlfriend said, handed me a spice jar that said cumin or something. And she had ground up psilocybin mushrooms that a friend had given her. And it was just powdered psilocybin. And she handed me the spice jar. And she said, you need to take a pinch of this every couple of days. And I was like, okay, I'll try anything, right? And it's a microdose, so I won't poke my eyeballs out with a pen if I freak out. And so literally the first time I took it, my world went from black and white to color. It was like, oh, like, oh, like I am okay. I felt the serotonin I probably desperately needed after a depleting postpartum experience. And I started to see, see clearly for the first time in my life. And I thought I was awake. I thought I was awake <laughs> and then psychedelics. Right. And so I just started stripping away everything that was not me. It just became so clear. Like, uh, you know, I've got two kids in private school with two cars and this 2000 square foot house. And all I do all day is drive around and, and scream at my kids because we're late for everything and pack these lunches that I resent packing. And it just over the next two years, I literally just stripped away everything that wasn't me, everything that wasn't authentically me until 
now here I'm in the country. I've taken my children out of the system. We're unschooling, de-schooling, homeschooling, nature schooling. And um, we're all at, at home all day. I'm healing my body from mold illness, chronic stress, everything that that environment uh, bred in me. And it, the the transformation was really profound for, for, you know, a middle-aged woman with kids who just thought I was having the blues. And, um, shortly after starting to microdose, I mean, that, that container went down really fast. Like (laughs) I built up my trust really fast with the microdose. I was like, let's see what this is. Let's see what this is. And I I mean, I didn't even own a scale. Like I, I knew nothing. Right. And so I just kept using bigger and bigger doses until eventually I worked myself up to about four grams and was having these larger psychedelic experiences that where I really just cry the whole time, like just sob the whole time. And that's when I started really digging into the research about what's actually happening for me on an energetic and spiritual level when I'm using the plant. State. And it became really uh, clear that there was so much stagnant to check in stuck with people energy and emotion that needed to move. And I was not moving in my awake life. I was trying to meditate my way out of uncomfortable feelings instead of walking through the fire and being with the discomfort. So that's where breathwork drew me in eventually too, as a modality that can move a lot of that energy and move um, the emotion. But yeah, so I was all this time, all through this time, I'm working with clients on food, mostly food, very food focused. And my passion for this very quickly started to plummet as I realized, oh, my 10 year obsession with food didn't heal me. It didn't take my problems away. And really for most of the people I was working with, they were dependent on me as a a guide, but they were not healing. They, you know, it was a dysfunctional relationship in a lot of ways. It was continuing to take their money and give them guidance, but I, I wasn't satisfied with the results they were getting and ne- neither were they. And so I just tentatively, you know, started offering to some of these longtime clients, I've got this compound and, you know, I'd like to share it with you. And as soon as I started to see that others were having these profound experiences, you know, we're talking about women in their 60s who'd never even smoked weed so like this is not just a bunch of people like this will be fun like these are professional people engineers um you know people in the professional world who are curious and it's certainly in the the consciousness of everyone on the planet right now i mean michael pollan's gone from publishing a book about nutrition to publishing book about psychedelics like there's a big shift happening here for us and yeah we started to experiment and then my husband who'd been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications for 25 years. We used um, psilocybin to help wean him off of wow. those medications, which were not helping him. And he, he's had an incredibly successful story here, almost at 50 years old, coming off of all of those compounds that had numbed him and dulled him and wore him down. And just he had no access to his emotions anymore. Um, and he's really come to life. And so as we, as a couple, you know, pe- people saying to us, like, what the heck did you guys do? You're, you're alive you're vibrant and yeah there's a lot of things that we do but I would credit um, psychedelics and and breath work as the transformational pieces for us wow I look at a, a coach like yourself of almost what you were talking about how your husband had the antidepressants for 25 years right and they they were the doctor prescribes that to to numb the pain and it's almost like when you go to the doctor and then the doctor's like hey you're obese here's some diet pills right here's a way to to numb the system instead the proper route would be hey you should probably go get an uh, a coach that's going to teach you how to lose weight how what you need to do and it seems like we're finally starting to break down that path you know especially you know uh, coaches like you who are breaking down that wall saying no there's a 
a better way to do this, right? To really get into a more natural way. And it's just interesting that it's taken so long to get to this point to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well said. It, 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 I do think there's more acceptance of the idea that change is uncomfortable. Like we can't avoid and escape the discomfort of what happens when we grow. Like, don't you remember like physically when your body was growing, when you were like 12 and your shins hurt, right? Like you have those awful growing pains or whatever comes with growth. Like you must experience discomfort in order to progress and grow. And, and, you know, we're, we're seeing it now with, with COVID, our collective fear of death is like, astonishing like how can we all escape and run from the potential even the potential for discomfort the potential to be on your deathbed and yes of course we want to save lives but it's 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 astonishing to see how uncomfortable we are with discomfort and what what lengths we will go to to avoid it and yes psychedelics are i mean you've experienced it colton your story of like i had to hold the earth because what the psychedelics were revealing to me was so uncomfortable and you got to be ready for that you really do well, I think like there comes a, a point when, you know, you, you've had enough doses where me and the earth, we've been homies a couple times, right? And I've had a couple experiences where there's one experience in particular where I could feel this tether to like the earth sack and I had to be comfortable cutting that. Otherwise, I was just going to have a really, really uncomfortable trip and um, for anyone that's listening to this, you know, if you've done enough trips, you've probably been presented with the same thing where you come to this fork in the road where the medicine gives you a decision. And it's like, are you going to face your shit and go through the gate or are you going to sit here in the waiting room and just sit in your shit like you're saying, right? And ever since I cut that, it was like a paracord. It was like this parachute of my bullshit. And I cut it and free fell into my own existence. Every trip around, you know, heroes dosing more since then has been just more and more effortless. I mean, and I'm talking about some stuff where it's like I've been in little carts going through the gates of Hades, you know, you're like seeing demons and, you know, like people want to think that psychedelics are butterflies and rainbows, but, you know, when you have like your best friend sliding a knife up your spine, whispering in your ear, like, hey, it's okay. (laughs) Like, this is real stuff that comes up that like somehow is in some corner of your universe that needs to be that box needs to be open needs to be poked for me it does for everyone maybe it doesn't right but um ever since i cut that cord you know you can you can look at a a raven picking the intestines out of a heart that's beating under the sunshine while purple raindrops are glistening on your face and understand this is fucked up, and I don't know what the lesson is here, but, uh, you know, I guess I'm, uh, I'm going to figure it out. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, fuck, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> so, that is so cool that you had that actual experience of, of visualizing and probably even bringing your hand up to cut a cord and it produced such a profound shift for you energetically, spiritually, emotionally, that you've felt the difference since then. I mean, that's, that's profound. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it, and it presents this way for everybody differently, right? Like a lot of people will talk about it. like ayahuasca, there being, you know, a guy, a, a guide, a gatekeeper, right. With mushrooms, it can be some kind of internal folding experience with DMT, some kind of blasting through uh, a matrix of sorts, you know, a, a kaleidoscoping tunnel. So I think different medicines have different kind of ways of saying, hey, here's your edge, 
would you like to proceed? Right. And there's that permission point too. Like when people say to me, even with microdose, I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid of what I'll see or I'm afraid of what I'll, what I'll experience. There's there's not going to be any any visuals and, and really shouldn't be any psychoactive impact on a microdose. The, the, the dose is really meant to be quite subtle. Um, but pe- there are many people who are still even afraid of the nano dose, I'll call it. What one, one drop or... Um, you know, hundred milligrams or 10 milligrams even, right. You can, you can, when I was making powder and putting it in capsules, just dip in your pinky, like just a little bit of that can even make a difference. So what was the point I was making? Oh, when people say they're afraid, same with breath work, when they're going under for a breath work journey, I really feel this. If you're going in with intention, if you've set that intention, if you connected with the consciousness with the plant, you're not going to be given more than you can handle. You're going to be met with exactly what it is that you're ready for and that you can handle. And it might be scary, um, but that's that's part of the work. I mean, you've, you've got to face it. And when I've done some, I'm very new to guided journey work to guiding others in macro doses. I think that definitely requires, you know, if you want to be more than just a, a sitter and a sitter is a valuable role, but yeah. that's, that's a God huge responsibility. God bless your soul there. Yeah, it's huge responsibility to guide someone through that. But, you know, the the encouragement is to, you know, hold their hand and and help them face it help them stand and look at it. You're not running from those, you know, the, the, the demons. And, and it's funny, people report all over the world and throughout time what people report during psychedelic experiences is all very similar. So we know truly that the consciousness of this plant, you know, speaks to people in similar ways. But yeah, to face it, to face it, to walk through it, to, to believe that they're, they're capable and ready and brave enough to look at their trauma, look at their fear, look at their demons seems like you found a commonality comparative to when you were doing food coaching, health coaching. You know, everyone's gut biome is completely different. However, with this plant, there's a commonality pretty much for everybody that can utilize it. And, of course, as Colton and I always say, it's not for everybody, but a good majority of most people, it's for, for most people. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would really agree with that. And I, I don't think it's for everybody. You know, I, I've got family members that are like, don't try to convince me. And I'm like, I'm not in the business of trying to convince you're like anybody. You're like down with it. Like, you're going to take Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, I saw a video recently, hold, hold the thought, cause I think this is kind of funny, where the guy said, uh, hey, what is something you thought as a kid that just turned out to be absolutely not true as an adult? And he was like, drugs. No one's trying to feed me drugs. <laughs> He's like, if anything, I have to ask for drugs. Like, I have to impose. I gotta, I gotta want the, to get the drugs. And I'm like, yeah, man. That's that's just the funny thing with people. Are like, don't oh, try to convince me. It's like, no, no, you don't. You don't understand. What? It's I'm, difficult these, to these find these good mine? quality stuff. <laughs> yeah, and nobody like, wants really? to share their expensive shit with you for free. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's, what's the quote where you get, or where you get, like someone gave a homeless man five dollars and a bypasser complained, like, "Oh, he's just going to spend it all on drugs." So you go back to the homeless man, like, "Tell me where you found drugs for five bucks, because I want to know." <laughs> Good, I like that. So do you guys yeah. see, I, I make, so I, I make psilocybin medicine into a tincture. So yes, you can take an actual just small pinch of powder. You can encapsulate it. There's a lot of ways that you can work with the whole plant. But what I've discovered recently is that um, I actually use a magical butter machine. You know, hey. the, yeah, you can and not only. Are you serious? Hold on, right? Did you, did you know about the episode that we just made last week? Oh, no. wow. We had the, the front door. Oh, we had the, the uh, one the chief saw on from the company on our, on our podcast last week. 
Yeah, it's going to be oh posted gosh. next week. <laughs> We're Great pro- product. We've been promoting I'm it. a huge fan. <laughs> huge fan. That's so cool that you guys got somebody from the Magical Butter Machine on because I think that's an incredible piece of technology. It's such a great piece of machinery. It has a, it has a spot in my kitchen and on my cabinet. And yeah, you can not only make cannabis butter with it, but you can put a whole ton of dried psilocybin mushrooms in there. And I extract in... Um, a palm-based, non-GMO vegetable glycerin, no corn, no soy. It's super clean. I do put a little bit of grain alcohol in just for preservation. We were talking about fungus, you know, and liquid. So just to give it a forever shelf life, a little bit of grain alcohol. And then, yeah, eight hours later, I'll usually run it through two rounds, 16 hours, and then um, a strain through a really fine, fine mesh sieve. And what I end up with is just a really lovely drop-by-drop tincture that the benefit here with that is that everyone's dose is different, right? When you're, when you're, you know, putting stuff in capsules or whatever, you can't, you can't quite dial in. Everyone's sweet spot is totally different. So drop by drop, you can titrate yourself up um, to the dosing schedule of your choice. It's really neat to have it as liquid. Glenn, we're going to need you to clip that and we're going to send that. That guy super cool up. by the way i've never seen that ride like what where did where was the inspiration for that what one of my best friends is a, a an herbalist and it was wow. her, her straight uh. up her suggestion she said you should make a tincture she's a tincture maker and it was like what you can do and even go, like googling it was like i can't really find that this is a thing you know some be, like yeah. random random things on reddit you know where people are talking about it but yeah the, the mushroom extracts beautifully at a low temperature and then all of the psilocybin magic is in the liquid there you got to give it a good shake some of it can settle to the bottom but for the most part it's a really neat way to take your dose discreetly to be able to travel with the bottle you know to, to be able uh. to throw it in your bag or your purse and it looks like you know any old like a a serum you can put on your face or you know maybe it's your cbd or something wow i i have one here what was that take that recipe and make that (laughs) special just for you guys and your listeners i've revealed my secret there so yeah i mean this stuff needs to be out in the world more it's so ridiculous how you know we've got you know this massive heroin crisis and all these you know terrible destructive compounds out there that truthfully people are using to escape their pain you know and we have something that can help us reconcile our pain so uh, hopefully our decriminalization you know really starts to spread uh, beyond just some key cities here and and in the next couple of years maybe we're moving towards some legalization i mean i i see it as an inevitability but you know this other thing that comes up for me pretty frequently is that i can't for the life of me understand really why they're illegal i mean it it really i'm not like i'm not a big like conspiracy guy but like it's so confronting the free thinking creative you know one of working class to just keep the machine moving but you're like man it there is just so much irrefutable evidence of the benefits outweighing the cons Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we've got Johns Hopkins and the Imperial College of London and all of these centers opening up that are studying psychedelics, psilocybin in particular. I mean, and we looks like the FDA is is going to be approving MDMA as a treatment for PTSD in the next year or so. I mean, it's been fast tracked for approval. So, yes, to some extent, we are seeing, um, you know, a lot of 
excitement around the compounds. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you from a conspiracy theory standpoint. I mean, this stuff made me stop following the rules and unplug from the system. You know, I mean, that is the thing, though. Yeah, right. So it's like it. But for me, what it has done is anything. It's made me want to plug more into the system. Right. I mean, and in a way where it's like helping me discover my purpose that creatively really aligns with my highest producing potential. Right. And when I think about the realm that we're stepping into, not to go too far off on a tangent here, but it's like, you know, we will be automating more and more and there will be more and more technology alleviating things. When you just take like driving out of the equation. When you take the workforce of drivers alone, take them off the roads and you automate that, fast food workers, you automate that process. And you're talking about a lot of things where these are very menial tasks that within the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years, it's not far-fetched to think that's going to be eliminated from the workforce. And the only real competitive advantage that a human has over a robot or technology is creativity. And, and here's a compound that allows me to essentially tap into my highest creative potential. So as a worker bee, you know, it, it makes sense to allow, hey, in the short term, you might have some of that rebellious unplug. But I think the long-term game is to see people fully actualized. And we all know happier, happier citizens are, are going to be more aligned, more producing citizens, right? So it's like... It, now i guess uh it's easy from the eye level i'm looking at but you know i'm not making billions of dollars a year and want people under my thumb and a, so an interesting devil's advocate right with that where the creativity is going to be more prominent for humans in that space let's look at san francisco right psychedelics is pretty much what made san francisco thrive and created the creativity mm-hmm. to be able to create the technology pretty much all of us use today that's also mm-hmm. taking away the jobs that we're using. So in a way, it's interesting that we could use it for the psychedelics to also be more creative in how we're going to take care of ourselves in the future, but also in a way it created the problem that we're having now in an essence wow. in that specific area. Ironic, huh? Yeah, when I remember starting to hear that, you know, all of this is like all of Silicon Valley has been microdosing and, and macrodosing for, you know, however many decades and then started researching how many billionaires use psychedelics. And I'm like, what? It's just it's phenomenal. Wild. Most, it's m- wild. Yeah. And the, I mean, and it's the greatest performance enhancer it. we have. It, and they don't really talk about it, which makes it even more interesting that that's almost like the hush hush that they keep to themselves because they know. Mm-hmm their comp- competition will probably get it right. And they don't want them yep. to know that, understand it. It's just, yep. it's always, it's always like, it's almost like they all go to Burning Man and then they share their little secrets <laughs> and then they leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. I will say 90% <laughs> of the people I'm working with are, are PTSD, depression, anxiety, ADHD, and OCD, all the letters. But um, yeah, about 10% of the time <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll get people who are just straight up super curious about the performance enhancement. One guy right now, who's really just trying to avoid Alzheimer's or dementia. He's, he's middle-aged, but doesn't want that fate that, that he saw with, you know, his grandparents and now his parents. And so done, did his research and just using it on the weekends as he, um, you know, practices his guitar and does puzzles and like just uses it to keep his brain optimized. Yes, fantastic. Huh. And, and it's working really beautifully for him and he appreciates it. Do you find a lot of people in the finance world 
I'm just curious on that. Like there, it's this huge in technology, but yeah, this particular guy is is finance. Um, no, I know I really attract. You know, I, I think I attract a lot of people like me. I attract a lot of creatives. I attract entrepreneurs. I attract parents, mothers, mm-hmm. um, and and empaths, super sensitive spiritual folks who are really just struggling to reconcile with the energy of the planet right now. And that kind of comes down to. It's interesting too. Like you, that's your kind of your specialty and, and who you're attracting and working with. And then there probably is coaches that specifically deal with entrepreneurs and finance and tech people, and that's just what they're good at and the people they're attracting. Um, and I kind of went through a couple uh, uh, trainers when I was looking for a coach for myself, and it's kind of inter- now I think about that. That's kind of the same reference of like you have to find someone that you're going to connect with and be comfortable with in that scenario. One. Dylan. And I'm so glad you said that because I mean, I, I say this all the time and I really believe it. you, you can't heal if you don't feel safe. You, anyone that you partner with for any aspect of your healing, you have to feel really safe and, and you have to trust them. Um, whether it's even a personal trainer, a therapist, a coach, whatever it is, that's a really key component for your nervous system and for any aspect of healing. So, yeah, I, I mean, there. I don't try and sell anybody on working with me either. They have to be a hell yes to me, and I have to be a hell yes to them and all around. Otherwise, you know, I've learned that lesson the hard way over and over again. If there's some sort of like, mm, maybe this isn't quite right, it doesn't work out. Something goes wrong. It's like the stuff product gets lost like right they they it just doesn't work mm. so there has to be that match there and that safety in place for sure as a uh, as a coach think, uh, started out was there was there a couple things that you learned off the bat like ah that that's not working you know with, with in in this scenario you know we, we've been kind of talking about how blessed this is and how wonderful it is but like what are a couple scenarios that might have come up where you're like ah that, that probably wasn't a good scenario yeah, that's such a good question. So a lot of times, it's so interesting. There are people who want to heal initially, and then they push away the solutions. They delay. I mean, they will get their microdose, and we will, you know, we will start our exchange and our agreement, and then they will not use it. They will push it away. It's not time. It's not the perfect time. I'm not ready. You know, it, it has to be the perfect day. There's actually quite a bit of that that happens. And we're talking about people with PTSD and OCD. So we're working through, you know, a lot of layers of their trauma. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a resistance that some people have. Um, and, you know, and I think these people are the, like, I just want a magic pill people in a lot of ways, right? And once there is this exchange and I send them my videos and we have a consult like and I let them know this is a revealing compound um some people just become afraid and so I've gotten better at at screening that and letting people know like please don't say yes if you're not a hell yes right I don't Mm -hmm. want that don't don't send me your money and um yeah I've, I've learned the way around that I don't think there have been any like disastrous scenarios I certainly you know I'm cautious about people I used to actually just straight up ask people when I got on the phone like are you a narc like <laughs> and people yeah, get like oh. <laughs> but um no so far I mean I've had a really overwhelmingly positive experience helping people with this there's there really is so many people who want to microdose and just don't know how and need some yeah. guidance so mm-hmm. even just schedules alone people get so overwhelmed like okay I've found some to work with but I don't know when to take it and I don't know how much so 
I really do help break that down and, and simplify it for people. It is going to be different for everyone. I'm a big fan of the statement schedule of five days on and two days off. Um, I, I followed the, the, um, uh, Oh gosh, what's this? A Fadiman schedule of one day on and two day off for years. It was the first few years I did it. And great schedule, really good having those two days in between to notice. I call them the contrast days. Like, okay, that, that was my on day. Now what's in the contrast here? The more curious you are, of course, you know, with the subtle shifts that happen, the more you're going to get from the experience. But for people who are really struggling with their mental and emotional health, that five days on is such a beautiful boost serotonin wise and helps them feel more on top of things that it's been a very successful schedule for for many folks myself included yeah i would say uh you've been beaming the whole time like that's that's just the thing that i think from uh being being in this space and uh just attached to seeing what's possible is that you it can be really easy to like over encourage people where you're like come come look at the truth versus understanding like hey Everybody has a different belief. My belief is that we are all our own individual slice of the collective consciousness, right? So, like, hey, my slice might not be your slice, you know? I like but that. I'm feeling like my slice is pretty fucking cool, and I really <laughs> want a lot of people to check it out, you know? It's like I, I feel for people, but everybody's going to have their own experience. And I think microdosing is a, is a beautiful way to get introduced to – um, to the ladder of work that's available. Now, I will say on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, I don't know that it would have served me the right way. How? You know? Tell me more about that. That's interesting. Well, so like I use psychedelics therapeutically. Um, thinking in the beginning, I was I was going after recreational, but the first first trip I did, you know, I was the one that kind of pushed the issue in my friend group and me and my buddy. Uh, Evan, you know, I was 17 and, uh, and we were, I was about to go off to college and it was one of those times where I was like, man, we, let's check it out. I was kind of like rebel, whatever. And I, you know, I had a tough childhood and, um, first trip I did, I was like, oh, holy shit. There's a lot of stuff coming up here. Mm-hmm. And the second trip, same thing. And, and these are two hits. So like what a hundred UGs of LSD, um, so, you know, pretty solid, um, a bit past your minimum effective dose. And, um, I don't know that I would have wanted to ease into it, you know, I, and I, I think I might just belong to the smaller group where it does serve to be in the more of the all in or not yeah. type of pool. Um, yeah. so I, respect I, think, that. I think there's a lot to be said for the ramp. You, you needed that and you knew you needed that in some way. And, you know, it's, it's important to say here, it's not, it, it isn't one or the other. And people do really get like that. Am I a macrodose person or a microdose person? I think the two yeah. together are tremendous. Uh, you know, that the macrodose and then carrying that same intention and the same work that you did with the macrodose for the next couple of months with a micro as you integrate, no, you know, bringing that intention back every time you take your microdose to allow the integration to carry through. Um, I think, I think t- together there can be really valuable as well. That's how I use it at least. And I, and I always know like I'm maxed out on microdosing, you know, it's been six, eight weeks or whatever. I need a, ma- I need a macro, I need a slightly bigger dose here, you know, even if it's one gram or two grams um, because I'm not quite getting at that like underlying irritation there. 
Um, but yeah, there, and I have many clients who will never do a journey, who would never trip like that. That's just like so outrageous to them and out there. It was enough to get them to do, you know, a teeny tiny microdose, and it, and it works just fine for them. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you knew what you needed and you still do. That's beautiful. Well, that that's the tough part is listening to that whisper. And then, you know, I've had enough people contact me about the ayahuasca, which Dylan, we have some updates around that. We will talk about that after, but, um, where people reach out and they're like, oh man, you know, like, I, I don't know if I want to do this or not. I personally rather put up the barrier of like, fuck yes or fuck no. Like it, it, it's a bit of a whisper life, isn't it? You know, where your intuition whispers and the more you listen, listen to the whisper, the louder the whisper gets until eventually at certain rhythms in life, you can feel like your whisper of intuition is constantly screaming, whether it's, Hey, I should foreign city, go down this road. And you end up discovering this spontaneous band that's playing and and it's the highlight of your trip or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's the same thing with plant medicines. Uh, If you listen to the whisper, you'll be called into what feels right for you. And, um, and I saw that with ayahuasca. I saw people there that hadn't done any psychedelics. And I was like, if you're going on to the fucking mothership, like you, you, this is first step for you, huh? Like straight into Mars. Like that's where you want to head. And I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. But served them really well. Uh, yes. And, and you're, what you're touching on for me is intuition, you know, the, whether it's the whisper from the plant, your own whisper or the communion of both of those things together. I think psychedelics, is, especially microdosing for someone who's hesitant to go into a bigger experience can really help us strip away what's in the way of that clear voice, right? So many of us are seeking outside of us for an answer. What's the right thing? What do I need to do? Let me consult a whole bunch of people. Let me, there must be signs out there for me that will guide my way. And the beauty of the psychedelic really is that like drop into your internal knowing your wisdom, your heart space, your third eye, you know, all of it. And, and to be guided by your higher self is, is absolutely priceless. I mean, that's, that's why I'm here to tap into that place and to to serve from that place and so yeah that's the magic for me hey right what's uh what's your purpose for being here oh my gosh i don't think anyone's ever asked me that careful you are married i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a juicy question colton what is my purpose i think i was just touching on it in that answer it's 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 to fully experience my own stuff, be on my own journey, and then to share and guide based on what gifts I've been given and what I've been, been shown. And, uh, you know, my purpose is to experience myself on this planet, to experience the spectrum of human emotions, not just the good ones, not just always reaching for the happiness, but really all of it, the whole, the whole experience. Um, my purpose is to, to raise boys into men who are, you know, going to be, um, change makers in our world that's needed. And, um, yeah, it's a great question here in my early forties. I am examining like, what, what do I want for the second half, you know, or the, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll live till 80. Maybe I'll live till 180. Who the fuck knows? But, like, what do I want? What do I want? I certainly would love more fun and more joy. That that was not very present in my first 42 years. Um, but, yeah, thank you for asking that. I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to do a journey and journal on it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I did. I, I felt that come out a little bit, though, where it's, you know, we talk about, like, our higher self and, 
and guidance. I mean, it's it's easy to get caught up on, you know, hitting hitting our, our sales quotas, our projections, or what our partner needs, and, you know, saving that 401k, and at the end of the day, forgetting that uh, none of that shit matters. Really doesn't. Right. It really doesn't. It's so freeing. Um, for me, there's a, a lot of my work is tied into nature. You know, when you talk about holding, holding the earth, that's like a daily daily practice for me, sitting on a tree. By the way, you keep referencing that, just so you know, like the earth is cool and all. I could not have been hugging more poison ivy. Okay, so like this whole idea of like Mother Earth has always got your back. Okay, so I you could not farm thicker poison ivy per square fucking inch. I was also on another universe, and I walk over, and they're hugging the ground, and I was like. That's all poison ivy you're laying in. They're like, I don't care what it is. I'm hugging the earth. And I'm like, I'm going to go sit in the stream over here. <laughs> what? Did you break so out? Did you get you just keep You keep coming back to it. And I just, for everyone listening, it's like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, but funny. Oh, so funny. Um, turns out I'm not allergic, just so you know. I'm not allergic. <laughs> Good. N- yeah, I found that out. <laughs> nature is spiky yeah plant, plants are spiky plants are plants can be very harsh i mean they have incredible medicinal properties but yeah plants, plants have a lot too. of jokers in its world <laughs> it sure i'm glad do. you're okay <laughs> oh no it, it was great i didn't mean to interrupt your thought i just think it's really cute when we're like man i love nature hug a tree and the tree's like yeah hug me man hug me <laughs> it's fine it's great watch what happens later <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Left you a little That's present amazing. on your skin there. Yeah, give it about six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I guess, and and kind of closing out here, right? Like, if if someone was interested in picking your brain, wanting to connect with you, like, what's the appropriate channel for them to maybe seek you out and uh, and lean into your your guidance, your wisdom? Sure. So my website is my full name, RyanaBatiste.com. I'll send you whatever links you guys include in your show notes. And um, on that site, you can read a little bit more about me. You can schedule a free, no pressure consultation. Uh, I will give 15 minutes of my time to anybody interested. And I've had plenty of people who just kind of want to pick my brain about, you know, their own dosage and, and their own experience. And, and it's great. That's, you know, my, my, contract with the plant is to you know share as freely as i can in that in that way and it it comes back around um you can also sign up to do some breath work with me the combination of the microdosing plus the breath work is really i find deeply effective for really repatterning right so the the microdose kind of reorganizes those network connections around the brain and then the breath is that somatic piece that integration piece that i was talking about earlier that actually allows the stuck stagnant energy to move out of the body so that this part can can be effective and can take hold so all of that on my website there and then i'm on instagram quite a bit until i can find a platform that's not censored and ridiculous instagram serves the purpose so spend a lot of time on stories i'm really really try to be as what's your handle uh ryanna batiste it's my name so it's not the easiest one r-y-a-n-n-a-b-a-t-t-i-s-t-e on both the website and on instagram um and yeah it's it's important for me to be as transparent as possible in my work i never want guru energy i never want to come across as someone that 
you know, knows more about someone than they know about themselves. Um, and I'm honest about my own shit, you know, how hard it is to have kids and to have a business and to exist in this world. Um, you know, my highs and my lows. And then I really do back to the nature for one more second. I encourage people really heavily to lean into nature as they're healing people, the, the people I'm working with who are the, the deepest in the trenches with in their darkness are oftentimes spending very little time outside. There's so much time indoors and the, the, you know, the consequences of that being under the fluorescent lights and having no contact with the earth. I mean, you can't even go by earth. If you don't want to go outside because it's too, too hot or too cold, like buy an earthing mat, right? There's like, we need that electromagnetic um, connection to the earth. It's critical. It's what we're supposed to be doing all the time. And we have literally raised ourselves up off and away from it. Our tires, our shoes, our concrete foundations. And so wherever and whenever I can help people to access nature, eventually I'd love to get people out here. I, I built a house in the middle of a hundred acre pine forest. So uh, just like literally just taking off all your clothes and standing in the middle of pine trees in a pine forest, like the, the, the quality of the air in a pine forest is extraordinary and so deeply healing. So count me in yeah, on that yeah. one. He's into it. Yes. Yeah, I think you, you, got, you got two weirdos that would be like front of line. <laughs> that was right pretty here. much our entire Tennessee trip. So, <laughs> yeah. You guys are down with the earthing. Yeah, and you can feel it. I mean, especially when there's plant medicine involved too, right? Of course. Like the, the pulsation of the trees and looking at the moon. Like, you know, when someone's like, I had a really bad trip. I was in this like crappy apartment when I tripped. I'm like, yeah, no wonder. Like, yeah, Dude, apartments fine. suck ass to trip in. That's like 101 do not do. Go hop on a no. bike. Get outside. You feel like a lab rat. You feel like some kind of experiment lab rat where your God's going to pluck you out of the house at any moment and use you for some fucked up cheese wheel shit. Creative thing I have in here. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. So outdoors. Yeah, and my hammock is my favorite piece of integration as well. You know, d- during a journey, after journey, on a microdosing day with a little bit of cannabis in my system, getting in a hammock and rocking and feeling that sensation of rocking while outside and looking up at the trees, the stars, the sun, the moon. That That is some deep totally fucking free healing that's available to all of us and we love to overcomplicate it people love to say like well i'm sure my answer has to be bigger than just taking some deep breaths and going outside and it's like that there's a whole lot to be said for taking some deep breaths going outside and using a little bit of plant medicine to heal whatever ails you doesn't matter so that that's my that's my platform plant medicine breath work and nature you know, I think the big theme uh, from all of this is like, hey, if you guys are listening to this, like, take care of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. take, take care of the people you love. Um, but most importantly, show yourself some love, you know, whether it's just getting outside today uh, to tomorrow, the day after. I know uh, old Ham Dog and I, we're going to go hit a trail. Dylan, you'll appreciate this. We're going to go do some rugged camping for, for two nights. So. Oh, Got some new boots last night. They say nature's free, but I somehow spent four hundred dollars at REI last night. So that's <laughs> gonna be the best purchase you made. I tell you what, gonna be nice. Good for uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Ryan, thank you so much thank for joining so much, us. Sincerely, Ryan. sincerely, I really, really appreciate it. You're awesome, uh, guys. If you have any questions and you can't get a hold of her, reach out to us. We'll direct you to her. Um, any parting thoughts, guys? Oh magical butter uh we're, we're gonna honor the giveaway through this episode how about that yeah uh, dylan does that sound fair yeah that sounds good to me all right cool so if you would like an opportunity to win your own machine for free again this is sponsored by magical butter um straight to you guys if you're a listener of rye if you're a follower of hers um, just go screenshot wherever you're listening or looking at this thing right here you know the words that are coming to you and uh, just tag Magical Butter 
and uh, either Dylan at Dylan Witten or at Colton DM. So we can see it just so you're throwing out the word about what Raya is doing here and, uh, and, and spreading this medicine. And uh, for every person you tag, you will get one entry into that giveaway. So thank you guys so much. We are professional hippies, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Rye. You're so fun. You guys are so cool. Thank you.